You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Trash Pandas. I'm Lindsay, and this is my most loveliest co-host, Lauren. Hi. (laughs) And we are here to bring you everything that's trashy and trending. Um... This week, were you checking out anything spectacular? Um, so obviously we always watch like Love After Lockup and everything, but I want to wait to do anything about that until we get more into like the character development mm-hmm. of them because their significant others just got released <laughs> and they're being reunited, but nothing has really happened yet. So we'll wait on that. But I also been watching the new season of Married at First Sight. Mm. And if you guys don't know what it is, it's like strangers are picked to get married the first time that they meet each other. They have an entire wedding and it's just like a shit show after that. They get like a honeymoon. They have to move in with each other and it's like two months. And then at the very end, they decide whether or not they want to stay married or get divorced, Um, which we'll probably talk about that too um, in future episodes But again, it's one of those shows where like the first couple of episodes are just them like meeting each other and like getting married and it's nothing really spectacular because they're all on their best behavior. Yeah. Um, But no, other than that, I haven't really been watching much. So I had some friends um, from Chicago come visit over the weekend. And since it was raining here pretty much all day on Saturday, we watched um, this movie on Hulu called Palm Springs and it was made, it was like a specific Hulu movie. You know how like Netflix makes their own mm-hmm. movies now. Like, so Hulu is doing the same thing and it was a, it's a Hulu movie and it's with Andy Samberg and this female actress who I've never seen, but she was excellent in it. And her name is Kristen Milioti. Okay, was and it like her first time being like a film or something? I don't know. I know nothing just about that you haven't her. Seen her I've before. just have never seen her before. So she may have been from something and I didn't do my research on her at all. But so the premise of the movie is Andy Samberg, um, they're at this wedding in Palm Springs. He's there with his girlfriend who's not Kristen Milioti. And um, he is kind of having like Groundhog's Day. So every day he wakes up, it's the exact same day. Like the wedding is the same. Like they're in Palm Springs there for his girlfriend's friend's wedding. And so he's experiencing the same day over and over and over again. And um, when you watch, you'll see Kristen Milioti is the bride's sister in it. So she's one of the bridesmaids. And... Um, she ends up like hooking up with Andy Samberg one night and ends up following him to this place. And then by circumstances, she ends up also being stuck in like the same like Groundhog's oh, okay. Day with him. And oh, so they're both experiencing it together. Yes. Yes. And so it's. It's so good. It's weird. It's like, um, you know, it's got like that kind of like sci-fi weird element to it, like kind of like Donnie Darko with like alternate 
universes Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And Andy Samberg's character kind of like accepts the fact like this is what my life is now. Um, But she's like pissed off and like she wants to figure out like how do we get out of this? And it's it's really good. And it got an excellent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, And I just thought it was like kind of lighthearted there were definitely some darker deeper moments to it but like for the most part pretty lighthearted pretty fun it was cute I liked it It and it ends really cute I I just would highly recommend anyone going to check it out if you're bored and you have nothing what was it called again it's called Palm Springs Palm Springs because that's where they're stuck they're stuck in Palm Springs I'm gonna have to like make like a a list online like a recommendation yeah all of our recommendations and stuff so people can go back and watch them again yeah I really liked it and then um the other movie that I made them watch that I've seen a couple times was Get Out but they've never seen it before so I was like you guys have to check out Get Out. Like, if you have not seen Get Out, where have you been? It's so good. It's so good. You've seen it, right? Nope. <laughs> we know what we're watching later. I know. I, I actually went to go see it, and then I don't remember what happened, but we ended up having to leave before it even, like, got into the story. So I've seen, like, the first, like, couple of minutes of it. and then I ooh. mean, Oscar-nominated. It's fantastic if you have not seen get out i don't know what you're doing here go watch it (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i know no stay tuned i mean just kidding we're talking about trash (laughs) i'm like oh no don't go she said you don't belong here and i'm like on the show (laughs) don't go watch this amazing piece of art damn dude just listen to the trash (laughs) no right no but get out is so good it's so complex and um there's just so many every time I watch it I pick up on it's one of those movies that you pick up on something new every time you watch it like there's so much symbolism and just all this other crazy stuff happening and what I really like about it is Jordan Peele the director I love Jordan Peele if you guys watch Key and Peele um Jordan Peele talks has talked extensively about why he includes the symbolism in there. So if you're one of those people, like an English major, like I am, and you're like, I wonder what he meant by that. Like there's interviews where he talks about it. So you can go see exactly what he meant by that or exactly why he included that specific part in the film. Didn't he make another film too? He made Us. Okay. Um, Which is another like horror film I actually have not seen that one and the only reason I haven't been super keen on seeing it or haven't it hasn't been at like the top of my list of things to see is because it didn't get great reviews yeah and I am a reviews person and maybe I shouldn't be because I do judge a book by its cover I know and like i you know, and there are definitely some films that I'm like, the critics got this wrong. Like, it's really good. Yeah. But I don't know. It's hard once all that negative stuff is out there about it to, like, overcome it and then be like, especially, like, when we live in a world where there's so much media, there's so much to choose from. There's so many great shows out there, like, to make time for a movie that has been deemed, like, 
just subpar like it's like okay like well also like I feel like people write reviews about almost anything like and more people want to write reviews when they hate something than there are that people that are like this is actually really good so yeah that's true I got I'm like I I do like kind of like when I'm choosing shows and stuff and I'm like scrolling I like totally judge a book by its cover I don't even like read the the thing unless like it strikes me off the bat so I'm like guilty of just kind of being like whatever oh yeah I am too and I have to be in like a very specific mood for things like I have to be in a mood to watch a horror movie I have to be yeah absolutely you know what I mean sometimes I just want to zone out into 90 day fiance yeah it's like I'm also you know sitting on my phone a lot too so it's like I'm playing a game or I'm texting with my boyfriend or I'm you know talking to Lindsay or something like that and it's like or I'm even Amazon shopping, putting a million things in my cart and not buying them. It's like, that's what I do. And so sometimes I want to watch something that it's like, I don't want to have to really pay attention or like I'll watch things I've seen a million times for the same reason. Like I just want it on the background. Like that's why I watch friends on repeat. That's Bob's burgers on repeat. But, um, I will say like for a movie, like get out you want to pay attention because there's so many of those like little like Easter eggs, you know, like hidden within the movie that that's why I like going to movie theaters. I know. And because like, I have to pay attention. I know. And you know what I really love in the summer is drive-in movie theaters. I love drive-in movie theaters. The best. And those are open, right? Yeah. The Ford and Wyoming is open. That's actually something we could go we, we should, should do that. <laughs> and they do like late night showings yeah. and double features. Yeah. The last time that. I was there, I saw um Spencer and I went to go see Midsummer. Do you remember like all the hype around oh, that yeah. movie about it being don't watch Midsummer? <laughs> I am telling you right now, it is stupid. But I will say the only cool thing about that movie is, like, the direction and, like, the cinematography is, like, beautiful. Like, it really is a beautiful film to watch, but, like... The premise itself. The premise itself is so... It's whack. It's whack. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. And you then said it, it's and whack. And then it just came out. It came out. I just had to say it. It's whack. It's whack as fuck. It's whack as fuck. Let's so, get into 90 days. Okay. Happily ever after. Um, Larissa and Eriki, they open um, uh, 90 Day. We're seeing, like, Larissa had just gotten off the phone with this girl, Natalie, who um, was talking to Eric after they broke up. And Larissa finds out that Eric had been basically talking all this trash about Larissa and um talking about her character and talking about like their sex life and all this and so the this 90 day opens up and she's like natalie natalie i have to hang up i have to hang up eric's home so eric walks in and immediately it's like explosive and larissa just calls them out or calls him out on his stuff and they fight 
And she, for some reason, says, my face is $10,000. $10,000, bitch. I want to know where that even came from because I watched it twice just to be like, where did that comment come from? I have no clue. Like, I, we must have missed something or maybe I just missed something. But I was like, why? My face is $10,000. Is she saying my face is $10,000? Or yeah, she's like, bitch, my face is (laughs) $10,000. Like, what are you talking about? So that was really weird. Um, and then, yeah, like he kind of like steps up in her face and stuff. And he's like, where are you at girl? Where are you at? You're in my house. And she's like, Oh, are you going to call the police? And when she said that, I was like, do you want him to like, why are you giving him the idea to even do that? Right. Like maybe just be like, get out of my face instead of being like, are you going to call the police? Like you're antagonizing him to do something like that. And you know, you're going to get deported girl. So come on. And so I guess Eric's thing is you know, we decided to get back together and we decided to leave the past in the past. So why are you bringing this all up again? Like that happened when we weren't together. And I agree that she shouldn't be bringing it up again because it's just, it's done. It's over with. If you're going to like get back together and like agree that that's just over, then like be done with it. I agree. But also I can see why that would make you mad. It would. Well, yeah, it would make me mad too, but it's like really mad, but she went digging for it. It wasn't like this girl contacted her and said, Hey, this motherfucker has been talking about his phone. Exactly. She went looking for it. So I'm like, if you go looking, you're going to find. And even if you can take something and like completely warp it to match like your, your narrative narrative of what you think yeah. is happening, you're going to be able to find something if you try to. Yeah. Don't go looking for things. If you don't no. want to really, know. I would never like go through my boyfriend's phone. No. I would never be like, I'm going to like sift through your stuff. Like, I, yeah, but uh, you should trust somebody that right, you're with. Right. And like, if she wants a clean slate, why are you looking through his phone? Right. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. So he, they get in this fight and he's like, look at you. You're like Dolly Parton walking around <laughs> in this robe. And I was like, Dolly Parton is a saint. She doesn't wear robes. Dolly Parton is an American treasure and you do not fuck with her. We and don't, she doesn't wear that. robes. Like when is Dolly Parton in a robe? What was he even talking about? Unless it was about? the most fantastic robe in the, the world. The most magical robe. You mean, like, you mean like her queen robe? Like first of all, if somebody said you look like Dolly Parton, I'd be like, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> like... <laughs> Awesome. I'm okay with that. Right. Like what? Don't no, don't use Dolly Parton as some kind of insult. Not going to happen. Not cool, Eric. Not no. cool. But he's also this huge like hand talker. Oh yeah. He does kind of like he like makes so many gestures with I his I feel like he's throwing a rave while he's talking. <laughs> he's like Madonna Vogue video <laughs> while talking. Um I was almost like does he know American Sign Language? And is he right? Just, it almost he, seems because like that. it was that animated. Where I was like, is he signing for like a deaf audience? Like that's kind of cool. Like it was that animated. Where I was like, yeah, but then it wasn't. Though. But that it wasn't. It Not was just all. him being crazy. It was him being. Eventually, Larissa house. just like leaves and she goes to her friend's house to like talk about. She it. goes to Carmen's house, who's the girl who just threw her out of her house for talking to Eric and she goes to her house and basically explains like they had this huge fight and Carmen's like, I knew this was going to happen. She was like, I didn't think it was going to happen this soon, but I knew this was going to happen. And then 
Um, she gets a phone call from his roommate because Larissa had taken Eric's phone because Larissa was like, well, that's the phone that I gave him. So I'm going to take this phone back because he's not going to be using this phone to talk crap about me. So I'm going to take it. And the roommate was basically like, that's theft. You gifted him this phone. And he has and, probable cause. Right. And do you want to end up back in jail? Because you're just giving him ammo to, like, end up back in jail. And that's basically where their stuff ended. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, the thing is, to me, that I'm like, if if she didn't want him to call the police, then why would she say something like that? And then also, as soon as she gets on the phone with him and they start saying, like, he has probable cause and, like, all this stuff, it's like, all right, now you guys are both throwing around calling the police on this woman who's, like, just trying to fucking, like, openly stay in America. I mean, the one thing that, like, I have to say that I don't like about a lot of these relationships on 90 Day is they use that as, like, something to hover over the other person's head. Like, you better act the way I want you to, or I'm going to call the police. Right. And then your immigration status. You're going to be deported. Gonna, right. And then you're going to be deported. Or I'm going to like, and vice versa. And I'm like, like that, I'm is, that is such a fucked up dynamic. I completely To agree. have and to hold over somebody's head. It's just, it's, it's not good. It's not, I don't like it. Okay. Andre, on Andre, Andre and Libby. So, um, they are sitting at a kitchen table eating food from the night before, and they're talking about like what had happened the previous night. Gelatin pork. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're eating gelatin pork. <laughs> Libby's like, "What is this?" <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know, Lib. It's food." And she's like, "Well, what is it?" And he's like, "I don't know. It's like gelatin with chicken or pork." Her face was not good when she ate that. It didn't look like it was delicious, but Gelatin he's taking like giant, meat. giant spoonfuls. I'm sure because he's used to it and he likes it or whatever, but it's literally like clear jello and there's like carrots and meat, and meat inside of it. I don't know what kind of jello it is. Is it like unflavored you jello? You know what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen like those vintage cookbooks from oh, like yeah. the 70s? Like bologna jello? Yes. yes. It reminds me of oh like a vintage it's like 70s mayo recipe. dollops. On top of it with like relish, like a maraschino, oh my maraschino God. cherry on top for Gross, color, dude. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm gonna throw up just thinking about it. Okay, so they're talking, and he's basically calling her out for being wishy washy in front of her family. He's like, You know, you say one thing to me behind closed doors about how you're okay with me staying at home, but then in front of your family, you act like you're not okay with it. And I hate to say that I'm on Andre's side about this because I don't like Andre, but I'm on his side about it. I literally wrote down, despite being a jerk, Andre be right sometimes. I mean, he is because it's like, Lib, like this is a conversation you have with your husband in private. You don't drop the bombshell on him that you're not okay with him staying at home when all this time you were telling him. You're okay with him staying at home. Right. You're kind of flipping the script right. last minute in front of his family. 
making right. it seem to like to make him look bad in like front of his lazy. family and in front of your family. And so um, she says her problem is is that she feels like he's getting too comfortable staying at home, and he's like kind of turned into this homebody. And um, you know that's not the man I married. And I'm like. Okay, again, just wrong place, wrong time. Just don't, this doesn't have to be a conversation. Right, why is this something that we're doing right now in front of his family? And basically he says that and she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Lie to my family? I'm like, yes. Yeah. White lie. Yes. In front of your family. This is a conversation that you have behind closed doors. Or even if, okay, I signed up for 90 Day Fiance and I'm supposed to air all of my dirty laundry out there. This is still a conversation you can have in private with the cameras and your husband where right. it's like the whole family doesn't have to be involved in this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like she's always the person once again, we said this last week, she plays the fence and she plays to like whoever she wants, like whatever, right. whatever will keep her out of the most trouble. Right. Like, like she time. deflects. You know what? I'm going to keep any pressure off of me and I'm going to put it on my husband or I'm going to keep any pressure off me. I'm going to put on my dad. And it, I just think it's bullshit. Like own up to your shit. And basically Libby's a bitch and Andre's a douche and they both need to just like get their shit together and decide whether or not they're going to stay together because I really don't see them staying together long-term. Actually, see, I think they're going to because. I think that she is just going to keep like playing the fence. Yeah. And she's, she's just kind of like a pushover. Right, right. And she's just going to keep like doing this in between BS. That's and true. I don't know if I, it'll be up to Andre to get sick of it. Yeah. And then Andre will be like, I'm well, she's going not going to leave. I don't think she's she not going to leave. No, I think that he would leave though. Um, And then, so it ends. So their whole part ends. They're out to dinner with his entire family and some of his friends and her brother and her dad are there and they're all drinking and having a good time. And Libby's brother, Charlie starts like pressing into Andre again about his past and asking him like, Oh, well, were you a troublemaker when you were younger? And Oh, why'd you leave to go to Ireland? And why did you do all this stuff? And, and, um, and Andre is pretty much like, mind your business. Like, why are you interrogating me right now? And Libby, once again, plays in between and she's like, I'm just going to eat my food. I'm just going to eat my food. I don't want to be in between all this. And then she says something along the lines of like, um, well, he's in Moldova. So what else do you expect him to talk about? And I was like, well, I can think of a million other things for him to talk about. Right. Hey, you're a tourist. Andre's family. What do you think we should check out while we're in Moldova? Hey, Andre's family. What are some wedding traditions that you have in Moldova? There's like, a million things like, you can do think you of. Do you need me to seriously like send you over with index cards of questions to ask his family that are appropriate? Like, you don't have to be digging into this guy's past. And the other thing that I just don't understand with that is. You're already married. 
They're already married. Right. They're so why is this family married? just now deciding that they want to like figure out all this information about Andre? But it's like, I get it because like they're in front of his family so they can get some of the answers that Andre is like keeping behind. But at the same time, like now is not the time. Now is not the place. They're already married. You guys are getting married again. Right. Just like go there, have a good time. Enjoy Moldova. Enjoy his family. Enjoy the culture and go home and talk about it or later. Or pull his brother aside at the wedding when you guys are both drunk right have a sh- buy him a shot do a shot with him and then be like hey what's your brother's story but andre is like openly like anti libby's family which is like kind of weird to me because i'm just like it's not weird if you think about it because they've always been against him they've always been interrogating him they've always been but i guess like other couples have just like they keep on trying to like win the family over rather than like being like well fuck you guys you know i mean peter and chantel exactly but look at their relationship (laughs) it's a mess it's a mess um But so that scene ends with basically Charlie and Andre getting up and they're about to get in a fisticus. Yeah, they literally are about to fight each other. And Libby's like, stop it, sit down, stop it. She's the worst. Okay. Um, Azuelo and Kalani. Okay. Um, Well, it kind of starts off with them like going to a Samoan shop. Um, they're getting ready to go see Azuelo's family over in Washington. And so they had talked about his mom had in the previous episode talked about wanting him to bring a thousand dollars for her. And so Kalani is like, let's bring some gifts. And then in lieu of money, we'll bring gifts or we can do, you know, like 50 bucks and some gifts. And when she brings this up to Azuelo, he is kind of upset about that because he mentions that with his family. Um, he wants to give them the money because he feels like it'll make them closer. Like her family is. And that's concerning because obviously like for her, she's like, that's not how you win love, but also in their culture, it's customary for him to like take care of his family. So I was kind of like, a li- I'm like on his side and on her side. I think that he wants entirely too much money I think that he's a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars is no joke. But at the same time, it's like there are some cultural things that I can get down with, like being like, okay, you bring gifts, or like when you come around, you like make sure that your family is set up and stuff. I'm not really into the whole I mean, sending money back. Thing, I though. I feel like I would understand it more if his mom was in Samoa. Sure, but she's in Washington. But she's visiting though, is what he said. Is she? Yeah, she was like, he's visiting, she's visiting his sister, oh. and that's why he wanted to go, because he was like, my mom is in town. Oh, okay. So I want to see my sisters and my mom. Okay. So, like, that makes she, yeah, so that's, she like, the reason why, back to exactly, that's the reason why I, like, went with it, because if, if she was just living in America, I'd be like, no, like, that's stupid, but she does still live over there, so. But you also, I mean... I feel like they're just being totally ignorant to the fact that they're a young couple just getting started. They have two children. Azuelu has like a part-time 
minimum wage job. There is no way that he could bring a thousand dollars there, and even a hundred dollars. He didn't even was... have fifty dollars to spend at the store. Okay, and that's the thing though is that they spend like almost two hundred dollars at the store. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes is uh, he sees like corned beef hash, and he's like, "This is something that we eat." And he picks up like six cans, and then he sees a big can of it, and he like picks that up. And he sets it down. He's like, this one's better because it's bigger, right? And so instead of just reading how many ounces are on the can, he's feeling. he's like feeling, like trying to weigh it out in his hands. And I'm just like, this kid is like literally. And Kalani <laughs> said that big can. It was like $48. 48 bucks. Yeah. $48. Holy cow. So he's just walking around the store like. Completely Taking disregarding everything any out. kind of like it remind, price tag. It reminded me of like a child or or me. When yeah, I, I want this. Or, or me I when this. I go into Target. Right. <laughs> and you leave. And I, I'm like, I came, I came in for, for a lipstick and I left with $400 <laughs> worth of fucking And toilet suits. paper. And I came out with everything. I everything. Mean, a shower curtain. They have Sailor Moon products at Target right now. What? Oh yeah, they have shirts, Sailor Moon shirts, and I like went. They there. have friends shirts. I got you a friends shirt. No, you did. I went there to pick up a Sailor Moon shirt, and I ended up getting, getting her a friend, friend shirt, shirt because they didn't have the Sailor Moon shirt in my size. Oh my god! And I'm anyway, um, friends. She went to two Targets. For I did. That. I did. She's a great cousin. It's like. That's true love. That's true. Um, So yeah. So anyway, like there, you know, this entire interaction happens between them. And then uh, we're just going to kind of fast forward to, um, they end up going to visit and in Washington, in Washington, they've been traveling all day long and they get to Washington and they're in the car and the kids are just screaming bloody murder. And Azuela wants to go see his family, but she's like, it's not, it's not appropriate for us to go right now. It's past their bedtime. Right. She's we like, it's past them. their bedtime. They're toddlers. They're having meltdowns. Right. Like, can we, we'll please? see them in the morning. Right. Let's just go early in the morning. And Azuelu is pissed. Yeah. He was super mad. Completely under, un, misunderstanding the entire situation. Or not misunderstanding, but just being a D bag. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like he's just a child. Like that. He's just a child. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. He just is just and a I, douche. I, and I feel for him, like he hasn't seen his family in so long. And so he's anxious to see his family, but what you have two children, you and your feelings are now on the back burner and right. you need to do what your kids need right now. And your kids need bedtime right now, you know, like, yeah. or he could have even like you said, bed. when we were watching it, he could have just dropped them off at the guest Airbnb, Airbnb and then, and then driven gone over to and see seen his family. Right. Like you know, drop Kalani and the kids off, put them to bed and then leave. Just and explain go to see. them. Like the kids right. were going crazy. She had to put them down. She'll be over in the morning. Not a big right. deal. Whatever. And I'm sure Kalani would have been a okay with that. Okay. Jess and Colt and Debbie. Cause they're a throuple. Yes, they are a throuple. Okay. So they are leaving and I cannot, I feel really bad, but I can't remember what town in Brazil they, or what city in Brazil they're in, but they're leaving that city. So they go to say goodbye to Jess's family and Jess's family has like all these gifts for Debbie and Cole and Jess. And it's really nice. You know, Debbie actually looks pretty happy. They got her a pair of flip-flops. She said that her family was very nice. Yeah. Debbie was impressed by Jess's family. So 
Cole then asked to talk to the dad over on the side. We all know. We all know what's happening. Colt asks her dad if he can marry Jess. And Colt's dad says yes. And I just can't with it. Like, I just, you've known this girl for two months. You saw how she treated your mother. You did this with Larissa. You did this with Larissa. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, I... Part of me is like, you're an idiot. And then the other part of me is like, are you doing this for TLC? Right. You know, I feel like he's just so desperate to like, have like a girlfriend or a wife or whatever that he's just like, I'll marry anybody within two months. Right. But he just, just overlooks all these red flags anyway. So his, her, her dad says, yes, he's an idiot. Okay. So then they travel to Sao Paulo. Um, Because they're going to meet up with some of Jess's friends. They're going to go out and hang out a few days in Sao Paulo. And um, they got two separate rooms. Um, Good on Colt for not being a cheapo. So um, Debbie's in one room and we see her and she's FaceTiming Vanessa, who is the girl that Colt is friends with she's friends with her and Colt slept together one time and she's kind of the girl that Jess is threatened but doesn't want Colt talking to this girl basically it's right. like they're I, too close of friends yeah they're too close of friends so Debbie's facetiming Vanessa because Vanessa's watching their cats and she's like how are the cats and blah 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 and then they start talking about Colt and she tells them I think that Colt asked for uh Jess's hand in marriage and Vanessa's like that's crazy you can't do this blah 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 and anyways so Colt and Jess come to Debbie's hotel room and they're like hey we're going out you should go out with us and Debbie's like "Eh, maybe I don't know and Jess is like no Debbie you should really come out with us and then Debbie's like I just talked to Vanessa and she said the cats are doing really good and you can just see Jess's face pushing buttons Debbie yeah Jess's face just like turns to anger she's like what she's like what (laughs) but what what and and Debbie's like Vanessa's watching our cats and I just talked to her and the cats are doing good and Colt's like yeah Vanessa's watching the cats and she's like what what like she starts she starts going nuts out because she thinks that Vanessa wants more with calls and and she has every right to like think that if they've slept together before I would be like weirded out absolutely a little bit. I would be I don't weirded know out her too. um and then Debbie is like trying to play the innocent card and she's like she's my friend I asked her to watch the cats and then segue over into like the private interview room and the producer's like did you purpose asking debbie the producer's like did you purposely bring up vanessa in front of jess to make her mad and debbie's like basically just smiles like evil (laughs) evil little smirk on her face she knew exactly exactly what she was doing she was trying to sabotage their night and i think she may have succeeded we will see next week okay 
last last but not least paul and karina no no we have three more oh, oh my shit. god yeah we gotta speed up paul and karina really easy uh so he meets his mom at a pet bistro kind of place and uh pet you know bistro. none oh that's like the name of the place i go to is pet bistro sorry a, uh pets pet, pet supplies place pet um, bistro is the place i get my um, dog food. Pet bistro makes me think that there are like dogs sitting on the patio with like berets and like little mugs with espresso smoking cigarettes that's <laughs> judging pet, everybody that's a pet bistro okay so the place i get my dog food <laughs> is called pet bistro so that's what i thought of uh pet supplies plus kind cool. of area pet, plug pet, for pet, pet bistro the local lots of french dogs judging the shit out of you <laughs> with cigarettes so his mom meets him there and he like nonchalant is just like oh yeah i need to get all this stuff for my dog and the mom's just like did you bring me here to buy stuff for your dog and he's like yeah i'm gonna need some help which like what the fuck we already you, knew that that was like you can't feed your dogs how right. are you feeding your child and your wife and long, buying everything that they need long because story she short can't work long story short his mom basically calls him a deadbeat <laughs> and and basically paul is just like karini is like sad and un unhappy with life and she's his mom is like well duh you know so that's basically the long and short mother of it, so. paul is not having any of paul's shit. no and she's like we've been through a lot we've been together for through thick and thin i'm like been together through thick you're literally his mother. Like you have no choice. You, you I guys know. are stuck together forever. It doesn't matter what no, happens. She she can cut him off, but um, I think she's like trying to make. She's always gonna be his mom, right? But she, I think she's trying to make Paul like she's like he needs to grow up. And I'm like, but she's almost forty. Yeah, he's almost forty, and you're buying him dog food. Like I understand if you fall on hard, hard times, like if you're like laid off or whatever. But like you literally made the choice to go to brazil mm -hmm. and do all this and then come back and you don't have a job right anyways enough with paul i can't stand him tanya and sinjin leaving for south africa she nags him about his drinking constantly <sighs> tea scene the tea oh my god literally she's drinking tea she's like let me finish our tea before i go and it's just like 20 minutes of her going <sighs> She's like, just, it feels so good. It's the most annoying thing I've seen in my life. I wanted to throw a glass at my TV. She's the worst. She's the worst. She's the worst. Um, so, and then she also says, because they were, she was talking about how like they argue, they've been arguing and she was like, I don't like the word arguing. We have, we just have conversations that we get a little heated about. I'm like Tanya, shut up! You're arguing. You're arguing. That's okay. That's literally the definition of arguing. Relationships. They people argue with each other. Right. It's all right. So they arrive in South Africa, and basically, Sinjin's mom, uh, vocal. Because this is the first time we see Sinjin's family. Um, and Sinjin's mom was basically just saying how she was shocked at how fast that they got married, and she was talking about how like strong-willed she thinks tanya is and um she doesn't seem completely supportive about their marriage so i have a feeling that's heating up to that's gonna be something. yeah some kind of argument all of or these couples too. that are like not really like having much going on it's like we know that there's gonna be a lot going on soon because otherwise why would they have them on there did we talk about angela and michael yet no okay real quick okay 
real, real, real quick. Angela and Michael, um, they are at like a monkey sanctuary and Angela's terrified of the monkeys. And it is so funny. Like go watch it. It's really, really funny. She's like, they're hateful. (laughs) She's screaming screaming at these these monkeys and it's, it's ridiculous. But anyways, so she tells Michael finally about her cancer scare. The fact that she had to have a biopsy. They sit down, they talk to her doctor. Her doctor basically says, you're super healthy. Like your cholesterol, everything came back super normal, normal. And you're fine. But if you were to get pregnant through like a serum or like in vitro or whatever way they're, they're planning on do it. The doctor was like, you are at high risk because because of your age, you're going to be susceptible or like, and she's a smoker, more prone to things like diabetes and, you know, low birth weight and all that stuff. So, um, anyways, there's that. So Michael basically has to make a choice, um, because he is younger and he does really want a baby and that is really important to him. And so she basically asks him, is this something you can deal with? The fact that I I might not be able to carry a baby for you, which is totally an acceptable thing to ask. But I did make a note that like almost every episode she's questioning whether or not they should get married. And I'm like, if that's the case, if you have to constantly question like that, I feel like maybe it's just not something you should do. I feel like they really do love each other. They do. And I don't doubt that anymore. But I second, third, fourth, and fifth guessing it. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think that like, it's very fair to take his into consideration the fact that he wants children. Oh yeah. No, I, that's why I said it was like, this is 100% something that I think that she should, this is valid. She should be asking valid. But I yeah. feel like the whole like constantly being like, should we get married thing is like, yeah, it's old. It's it's getting old. Yeah. Okay. So before the 90 before days. Before the 90 days. Ari and Binyam. All right. So they go to meet um, Binyam's sister and brother at like a local cafe. And the mom is just kind of like grilling them about cultural um, norms, asking about like gender differences. And, and she's like, well, you know, when, when Ari has the baby, what is a man in Ethiopia expected to do when, when children are born? And they basically say, well, a man goes out and works and a woman takes care of the children. And she's like, that's just not acceptable. And I'm like, well, really? We're kind of in Ethiopia, not in America. Right. right now. And the gender norms are different. And if this is something that they've agreed upon, and I can't imagine that they haven't talked about it yet, Ari's not a stupid girl, you know, maybe this is something your daughter is okay with. Whatever. So um, later that night, they go to see Binyam perform because he's a dancer at a club. Um, and he is there performing with what we find out is. His dance partner is his ex-girlfriend. They have pretty intimate dancing too. There's like one scene where he's like playing the bongos on her on her butt. ass. She's like in the spread eagle, upside <laughs> down, you know, upside down Kate. And he is just playing on her ass and then like slaps her ass one last time at the very end. And meanwhile, Mom is sitting there with Ari just like straight dunking on this guy like constantly. So one of the a couple of excerpts of things that she says is that as soon as they come outside, um, well, as soon as they get into the nightclub, mom is asking plenty of questions about, you know, like 
How much money can you make working at a place like this? How often does he have to work here? Uh, you know, like, is he going to be home late every night? And Ari kind of shuts her down and is like, why don't you ask him that? So then she says when they come out, she says, oh, his partner is really cute. And Ari is like, mom, you're supposed to be on my side. She's like, oh, I am on your side. And then she, of course, has to make the extra comments of better watch out, especially when he's dancing with her and you're home alone at night. And um, she says, oh, that girl is very flexible. Um, And then later on even says, I see chemistry between him and his dance partner. I think it's a great match. Yeah. So she's planning all of these seeds in Ari's head that aren't necessarily fair. Or it's not like the right thing to do because she has no reason at this point not to trust, to trust him. And it seems like she trusts him implicitly. Well, sure as shit at the very end, he comes out to hang out with mom and Ari and they start talking a little bit about everything. And she asked, mom asks our, uh, Binyam if, why he and his ex broke up who uh, mind you guys is also an American. They have a child and um, has returned to America with the child and he does not see him. So mom is genuinely curious, like what happened and Binyam goes on and on about uh, how he had to work late and the ex ex ex-girlfriend was very jealous about his job and him not being home all the time and him dancing And that he came home one time with lipstick on his collar that he says a girl was asking to choose a song and leaned in too close. And he tried to clean it up and it didn't come off. It just seems like a bunch of white lies, a little bit of cover up, you know. And he said, I was telling lies. I was telling lies. And and, and Ari and her mom were both immediately like, "Uh, uh, 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 like, don't tell lies. Like, just tell me the truth. Because if you tell lies and try to cover up, that's going to make you look like you were doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Whereas so, if you had just told me the truth, yeah, I could get over and it. And mom asks, like, did you, is this like something in the past? And he goes, oh yeah, I grew up. And she turns to her daughter and says, oh, he grew up. Oh, good. So, you know, it's just like constant, like placing that little seed in, of in doubt, her, of in doubt in her mind. Yeah. And I think that that's unfair. It's super unfair. But also these are legitimate questions to ask somebody in this situation. They are legitimate questions, but like at some point it becomes overbearing and it becomes exactly controlling. It's manipulative. I need you to just it's, chill for a minute. Yeah. Just, just let me evaluate the situation for myself. Cause I'm a grown adult. I don't need your input on it. Let me live. Let me experience this on my own because right now I trust this man as she should. She doesn't have a reason not to. She has no reason not to. Yeah. I I mean, you can't judge him solely on his past because who knows what the whole story is. Exactly. So it's just not super fair. Jenny and Samit super quickly. um, They meet with um, Samit's brother at a restaurant and they're talking about how um, that his parents aren't happy with this situation. And Jenny is basically like, well, how do we fix this? Because I'm not going anywhere. And at the end, Summit's brother encourages them to go see Summit's parents and sit down with Summit's parents. So I really 
really hope we get to see some its parents. I would like to see that. Oh my gosh, I hope this is something that we I, see. I highly doubt season. it though. I know. I, really I don't think that we will. We'll probably get like a little recap of what happened yeah. after they go inside. Yeah, because who um, knows if some its parents are. Side note though, his brother Amit is kind of fucking cute. He's kind of really cute, actually. Pretty cute. Like I, I kind of like it. Kind of like it's just glasses. throw it out there. He's he's a little bit cute. <laughs> we okay, don't, we don't get to see Kenny and Armando or Yasmin and Brittany in this episode, no. which is kind of disappointing because I really wanted to see Yasmin and Brittany, but I feel like their stuff is probably going to come to a head so quickly that they're like, we have to slow down, slow it. What we're showing, yes. Um, which makes me wonder what they're going to do with Kenny and Armando. Like, why is it that they don't have a good story? Is it because there's so I much? I think they're kind of boring. It's because they're so in love. I know. Okay, so Cheese Stick and Melissa and Papino and Papino. Um. So what I have written down is basically that. Um, <laughs> Uh, Melisa is still pissed and Tim is awkwardly and creepily cheerleading Melisa's cooking skills. He's kind of like standing there like, oh, I've been like waiting for this. Like, oh, your food is so good. But I don't have the style that you have. Nothing is like being around you. Oh my God. It's just so delicious. I can't wait. Yeah. It's just, and she's just like cringeworthy, like not really saying much of anything. Um, so they go to see, um, Melissa's parents and Melissa tells him, like, my mom knows that you cheated on me. Um, so this freaks him out, of course. So he's like super nervous about going to meet them. So they go meet, um, oh, the mom knows, but the dad doesn't. Right. And apparently Tim and Melissa's father are really close. Very close. They're, they're tight. So, um, he, the dad doesn't know mom knows. Um, so they go meet the parents and, and she is like snidely, like insinuating the entire time that she's well aware of everything that happened. I mean, she tells him straight up. Well, no, I mean like before that she is yeah. just kind of like being well, very cold. Tim and- walks in the door of their house. He says hi to every person and the dog individually before he says hi to her mother. That's true. So you are avoiding something. You done fucked up. You know, like you're acting like a dog with his tail between his legs. It's true. For yeah. sure. So anyways, they have dinner together and um, the dad asks, you know, why did you choose to move here instead of Melissa going to the United States and Tim just gives kind of like this roundabout answer. And I feel like Melissa just lets him squirm. Like, I feel like she kind of relishes in the fact that he is uncomfortable and he's like, well, you know, we had some things we had to figure out as a cup as a couple. And so we just decided this was like the best thing, even though it's kind of like a bullshit answer, but the dad seems kind of satisfied by this. So the dad gets up with uh, Maylise's younger sister to go get tequila shots. And so it's just Tim and her mom and Maylise. And Tim tries to apologize basically for his indiscretions. And mom is not having a single minute of it. She is pissed off. 
she has, she basically says, my image of you is ruined. Um, your apologies are worthless. And you're not worthy of my daughter. And you're not worthy of my daughter. And I don't think you should, you two should be together. And just knowing from what we've seen of Colombian culture and from what Melissa has said about her parents. And even Tim said, basically her mom not approving of this is a death sentence for our relationship. Right. So the dad comes back. Sorry, did you want to No, go ahead. Good. So the dad comes back to the table with tequila shots and he gives this toast. And he's like, he's toasting to things like honor and loyalty and love and all these things. And the camera looks at Melissa's mom and she's literally like rolling her eyes off. <laughs> Don't to scroll the side. your eyes at me. Don't scroll your eyes. <laughs> she's rolling her eyes off to the side. Like she's just like, she can't even hide the fact that she knows this is all. She's very disapproving and hypocrisy and written all over she her. She hates it. And so um, we're supposed to see next time he tells her dad. So I'm excited to see that actually. That's going to be something because mom is so pissed off and dad is so trusting of him that I think he's going to be really, I think he's going to be so disappointed. I, 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 I feel for her family. Um, I just, I mean, Lisa kind of pisses me off. Me too. Actually, I was like you say, brought him here and you set him up basically to be told off by your family. Yep, that's exactly like what I think. You, I feel like you didn't bring him here. That is exactly to have what I an think. Actual relationship. I think that she brought him here to get scolded, basically to prove a point that like, yo, you fucked you with fucked me, up. and now I'm pissed off, and now I'm right. gonna have everyone tell you. And here's the thing: is that even like when they were cooking in the very beginning. He's like sitting there crying, telling her like, I'll do anything for you. I want to like prove to you. And I mean, I'm not trying to say that he's the good guy here because he cheated on her and like, fuck that guy. But at the same time, it's like, don't bring someone all the way across the world to have your family scold him and then send him on his way. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like you brought him here under the pretense of you guys were going to try to work. You're going to work it out. And from everything that you're showing me is you guys are not trying or you don't want she just brings it up constantly constantly she's trying like just throwing it in his face he's been there for two days and they've talked about it like four times now and i get it like i get that you're mad i understand but like you should have just broken it off. Like if you knew this was something that you were never going to be able to get over, that your family was never going to be able to get over, then just break it off. Right. Just, just move on. Like just break up. You're done. You'll never be able to trust him again. Your family is going to hate him. What's the point? Yeah. I completely agree. Okay. You want to move um, on to Jihoon and Devin? Yeah, our last couples. Okay. So the last time we saw Jihoon and Devin, they were at a restaurant um, it was Devin, Jihoon, and his parents. And it ended horribly. She took she took out the translator, or as Molly would say on Pillow Talk, the trans hater. <laughs> and um, the translator just messed everything up. Jihoon got super frustrated. And we talked about that last week where he was saying, yeah. like, I will never do this again. And the translator is mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to do it every time. Like, so, and he 
walked off. So we pick up there where he had walked out. And then Devin says she needs to leave. She goes out and eventually has a conversation with Jihoon. And she's like, Jihoon, I need that money. If you are serious, if you really have that $3,000 that you said you saved somewhere. I need to see it. I need to see it. Right now. I need to see it right now. And, okay, so just a really quick segue, though. Uh, between that, uh, we get to see Jihoon's dad and mom talking. Oh, yeah. And they are not on the same page. Jihoon's dad is on Devin's side. And Jihoon's mom is on Jihoon's side. And they are fighting with each other to the point where she's like, I'm not wrong. Get away from me. Like, just walk away. But actually, you know what's funny, though, too, is, like, I don't even really, like, she's supposedly on Jihoon's side. But I feel like Jihoon is even on his dad's side. Like, Jihoon is on Devin's side. Jihoon is on Devin's side. Jihoon is, like, I messed up. Like, his mom is on her own side. She's like, my son did nothing wrong. and. I think that she why does like she want to why does she want to live in the past? Uh, and I'm like, it's not the past. It just this happened. just happened. This right. just happened. Exactly. She just came to South to North Korea to like South Korea. South Korea. Oh my God, not North Korea. <laughs> she just came to South Korea to be with him, and like the, the entire thing is like blowing up in her face for the second time. Mm-hmm. That's what's worst about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess so. Devin is like, I need this money. And Jihoon runs inside to his parents and goes, I need this money right now. And sure as shit, they go ahead and give it to him. But not before his mom is saying, this is like child's play. Yeah, I she's like, like laughing. She's saying that she's paying Devin off. And she's like, why do we have to buy her? That's not that's the case not right. at all. And I'm like, at you're all. not buying her. This is money that should have been going to her because they have a child together. And Devin even says. And she not- can't file for child support right. when he's over in. Devin, Devin says something that actually like resonated with me because I was like, this was probably the smartest thing she said the entire time is that it wasn't about him giving her the money. It was about proving that he wasn't lying Yeah, because he has such a history of just constantly lying, lying to her that, you know, he really needed to do that. And as soon as he gives her the money, he comes over and goes baby and like hands the money to her. As soon as she gets the money, she like puts it aside. She and just she, sets it down. She doesn't care, she doesn't about, care the about the money. It's just about making sure that he actually has it. Right. Um, and so eventually uh, they meet up the next day to talk again. And Jihoon um, asks for forgiveness, asks for one more shot. And uh, she basically just makes a list of demandments like, or demandments, 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 commandments, a list of demands <laughs> and commandments. That's the name of this episode. List of, yeah, demandments. list of demandments. So a list of demands saying that she wants him to have his own bank account that she, he has with her. No, a joint bank account. Right, but with her, And he was like, yeah, his I parents. will have my own bank account. And she's like, no, and my name's going to be on it. Yeah. Um, and then she says that if nothing has changed in one month, she's going home either way. Um, one thing that I will say that I really love about Jihoon and De- Devin is that um, she's super patient with him, like communicating. She doesn't raise her voice. She talks very slowly. She has no problem repeating herself mm-hmm. because she understands that there's a huge language barrier there. And I feel like they have pretty 
good communication skills when it comes to like talking in person. Mm -hmm. Um, They communicate much better on their own with no translator. No one else, no translator. Exactly. Than with that little stupid translator. So I will say like, I think she's a really good mother. We've seen her interacting with her kids a few times. I think she's a great mother. I think that she's a good partner to Jihoon, but he needs to get his shit together because he's going to lose a good girl. And as much as I hate saying that because I was like not team Devin for a long time, but I am team. But I totally understand her frustration. Like, and I would be, I don't even know if I would have the patience with him that she Oh, no. Had. That's why I said that yeah. she's so good with yeah. him because I don't know that I would be And not even just about the language barrier, but just about the fact of, you need to send me money. I'm raising your right. child. Right. I need diapers. I need clothes. I need baby what you know you have formula right. whatever it it's is it's expensive anything. to have a baby it's a fucking you're baby you're not helping me at all so yeah um she's been way more than patient with him and i feel like giving him even another month and a second chance is very gracious of her i agree um because i might have just jumped on the plane i would have walked out and been like i'm done as um, soon as i found out i would have walked out because i mean this is literally her second time picking up her life and coming there so. and the and june's mom keeps saying things like well why does he have to prove he loves her he loves her and i'm like i'm thinking to myself well a way for me that i receive love is you taking care of me sure and knowing that you're a partner in this relationship right. like that we do things as a right as and, a couple right and, and i'm not the only one right taking care of everything exactly. i can't take care of everything it's like very dutch like it's like you go 50 50 right. on everything yeah. and it's yeah. like that's that's how i want my relationship to be too right it's like i want to be able to say when we go out, you pay for the movie, I pay for the popcorn. Right. You know we what I mean? Like split finances, we, everything. We split duties. Responsibilities. Right. You know, I, I completely agree Absolutely. with that. So that about wraps it up. I feel like things are really heating up on both episodes. Same. I'm super I'm excited. excited. Yeah. I'm well, really excited to see always. what happens with Brittany and Yazan. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple of really quick announcements. We have an Instagram. So come check us out. It's Trash Pandas Detroit. We also have a Gmail. It's Trash Pandas Detroit at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon as well. So, you know, I don't know if you have a reason to give us some money. We'll take it. It's also Trash Pandas Detroit. <laughs> and I think we're going to, we we talked about um, possibly making additional content for just people that want to do the Patreon page. Yes. So there will we be a like benefit to, to having doing patreon then we will do something for you guys like extra content different shows different shows exactly extra stuff and we want to hear from you and know exactly what it is that you guys are watching and what you guys are interested in hearing about we love a wide variety of different types of shows so if there's even a movie or a album or anything Anything. a comic book we We don't care what it is we haven't watched beyonce black is king yet send it to us we want to watch it we (laughs) want to hear it we want to know it and we want to talk about it yes anything pop culture we are gonna we're down and we love it so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week Bye. bye